630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. And it is Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight and tomorrow. Then I'm heading on a plane to Hamilton as I've broken through COVID protocol. Yes, I'll be back in the booth Canada Day with Morley Scott uh, for the Elks and Hamilton Tiger Cats. Four o'clock countdown to kickoff for Brendan Escott. He'll be joined by Blake Dermott throughout the uh, whole broadcast. 5.30 from Tim Hortons Field. Battle of two 0-3 teams. It's going to be nervous. It's going to be a nervous night for sure when you have that scenario as the Elks, they lose 30-23 to 23 to the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, a game where they uh, had a lead for a while but uh, did not have a very good second half for most of it and uh, ended up relinquishing the lead and uh, losing by seven points. So there you go. Uh, Memorial Cup into the first overtime period, just about to start. The Hamilton Bulldogs and Shawinigan Cataracts tied at three. The winner will move on to play the host St. John's Sea Dogs tomorrow at the Memorial Cup final. Uh, Matt Chapman hit a two-run shot, 7-0 the Jays leading. Uh, Chapman's 11th of the season. Uh, they're up big time, 11, or, sorry, 7-0 uh, in the, uh, just checking to see where the, where it is. I believe bottom of the fifth still, or they're going to the sixth inning, I think. Anyway, never mind. Uh, the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Great season. Tremendous season. They win the WHL championship, which is great. And then you have to flip your mindset and you're going all the way across country to uh, the Memorial Cup. And this team will finish fourth out of four teams. Kurt Hill, general manager of the uh, Oil Kings, spoke about the uh, Mem Cup disappointment. You're coming down from a pretty big high when you win the championship. You're at the Memorial Cup, and you know it's amazing. It's uh, that tournament is it's so quick, and um, you know I got a, a pretty newfound respect for it. I remember being there as a player and not playing, but now from a manager's perspective, it's just how uh, how quickly the the things can change in those games. When we were down there, and uh, you know we we had a really good chance, gave ourselves a great chance to go into that tournament and have success. And you know I think a little bit of puck luck and things could have been a little bit different, but. Uh, overall, you know, our guys gave it their all, and that's all you can ask for. And someone who was uh, documenting this all season long uh, for the Edmonton Oil Kings, and uh, he was a big help on this show. He's been on the show many, many times. Uh, gracious host when Reed Wilkins uh, was doing some shows down at Rogers Place uh, during Oil King games, including a few in the playoffs. Andrew Peard, the voice of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, and Andrew, thanks for coming back on the show. Uh, we really appreciate your help throughout the whole season here. And nice to have you back here. Oh, thanks a lot, Dave. It uh, means a lot. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate your guys' coverage uh, of our team and, uh, you know, happy to help you guys out whenever you need. So, like, this is so strange. Like, I remember covering the Oil Kings teams, uh, you know, about 10 years ago when they won their first WHL title. uh, And then they went to the Memorial Cup. And I remember talking to, you know, like, I mean, they they had great players on the team, like Stefan Legault and Curtis Lazar and Laurent Brassois and uh, Griffin Reinhardt. And, uh, you know, uh, Mark Pesek was on the team. And then all of a sudden, 
you have to flip your mindset. You're a WHL champion. You you won your league. You hoisted it. You hoisted a trophy. You had a celebration, and then you have and everyone has to do it that goes to the men cup except for one team who you know doesn't win perhaps and gets just gets the other spot uh, because depending where the men cup is in Ontario, Quebec, or in in the in the West. But it's just so odd to me. It's just it's just just one of those things in sports where you got to do those mental gymnastics and you have a great moment, but you got to flip it around and you're going to go to a national championship now. Well, that's that's the biggest thing. And you know, we were talking about it actually in the stands, watching the the tournament opener when St. John was taking on Hamilton. Here you've got a team that's been off for six weeks preparing for this tournament, and then you got a team on the other side who five days ago just had an emotional drain of winning a game seven. Uh, in their league for their their OHL championship and it's one of those things and you know people look at at athletes and think they can just flip a switch but when you get to these sort of moments it's it's really hard to do because you think about the grind that it took to win the the WHL championship for the Edmonton Oil Kings I mean just the last two rounds alone you're in Winnipeg then all of a sudden you're in Seattle and then you know you're back at home at Rogers Place you're all over the place and you know you're you're grinding it out through injury through fatigue and then all of a sudden you land uh, you know way out east and and you're you're dropping the puck on the the national tournament and you're trying to find a way to ratchet up that emotion it's it's a hard thing to do i thought the oil kings did a pretty good job of it but uh, at the same time i think we saw the the tax that the the whl playoffs took uh, on the edmonton oil kings uh, that being said, I, I think about their last game at the, the tournament against Hamilton. It was probably their best game of the entire tournament. And, you know, yeah. unfortunately, Marco Costantini had uh, had other ideas for the Edmonton Oil Kings. He was, he was lights out in that game. And, uh, unfortunately, that has us uh, starting our offseason a couple days earlier than anticipated. Yeah, no, no question. And, it, you know, it wasn't without opportunity. I mean, the Oil Kings had a 3-2 lead against Strawinigan. And then I believe it was Brad Lauer that said after that game, we had a bad three minutes and then all of a sudden we're down by one and we lose the game. But there was opportunity in even the first game to, 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 to start off well. Yeah, and I mean, it just speaks to the fact that you just have no runway at the Memorial Cup. And for a lot of players, for every player on the Oil Kings, with the exception of Caden Gooley, it's their, their first time at that tournament to, to really realize how quickly that tournament gets on you. Because, you know, I, I asked Brad Lauer before the first game, like, hey, does this feel like you're playing game one of a, a playoff series? He said, well, we're trying to make it feel like it's it's game four or game five of a playoff series. But, you know, it's, it's a harder thing to... To, to do than say and, and unfortunately for the Edmonton Oil Kings you know that was one thing that, that happened to them um, in the third period but you know they were they were good in the tournament it, it's just one of those things that um, you, you look at uh, you know they, they beat St. John who for my money is is arguably the best team right now at the tournament they got the buy into the final uh, they were a team that should not have been balanced out of the Q playoffs in the first round. They ran into a hot goaltender and then had a bit of a stinker in game five. And, you know, if that's a seven game series, they probably go on, win that series and they play a lot deeper into the playoffs. But all of a sudden you take one of the country's best teams, you give them basically half an off season to, to rest up and heal up. Uh, you're, you're playing uphill from there on. And then, you know, the Schwinnigan cataracts, you give them a credit. That's, that's, that was their MO in that, that first game of the, uh, the Memorial Cup, they're they're very opportunistic, and you know when you give a chance to guys like Maverick Bork and Xavier Borgo, the Oilers prospect, they're going to make you pay for it. And uh, I thought uh, Schoenigan did a, a really good job of that. So this is going to feel and sound like a dumb question, but uh, Dylan Gunther not being in the lineup, how big of an impact was that? <laughs> well, I was going to say I, I noticed Kurt didn't bring that up uh, during his avail today, but um, <laughs> you know, that's because he's not going to make any excuses for this team. But I'll make the excuse for them. You take. You know, William Dufour, Mason McTavish, and, and Maverick Bork off of Shawinigan, St. John, and, and Hamilton. Um, you know, that's a different, those are three different teams. And for the Edmonton Oil Kings, they're the only team faced with that reality. Um, and missing Dylan Gunther is, 
you know, it's it's a hole that's just not possible to fill. Um, you, you can say all the right things and say you're going to do it by committee, but at the end of the day, that's one player who scored 45 goals during the WHL regular season. Uh, despite missing the last, what, three games of the WHL playoffs, he was still their leading goal scorer in the postseason. And one thing that the Oil Kings maybe struggled with a little bit was the power play, and Dylan Gunther's a focal point on the power play. He's the trigger man. And when you don't have him, you know, you're, you're playing at a disadvantage. And, you know, every team has to go through injuries, but um, I, I think the Edmonton Oil Kings suffered that uh, the most through the tournament. Voice of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Andrew Peer, joining us here on 630 Ten Inside Sports. We put a capper to the Oil Kings season and, you know, some great stories. You know, Carter Souch uh, and the way he played uh, this season, the longest serving member of the team. And you have Jackson Weaves' performance in, in the second game of the series, winning the game in overtime, scoring a hat trick. But overall, uh, tell me about some other really good storylines with this team that's really going to change next year because there's going to be a lot of players moving on. Well, one story that comes to mind is Carson Golder. We, we call him Debo Golder in, uh, in regards to Debo Samuel because he's so versatile on the team. And, you know, he starts the game playing left wing, even though he's natural defenseman. And by the, the end of the game, uh, he's playing on their top defense pairing. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty <laughs> remarkable to, to watch what he was able to, to do throughout the WHL playoffs. Just one of those guys that um, you, you ask him to do something and, and he's more than willing to do it. So, you know, that was a big part for the Edmonton Oil Kings and the success they had. And then Jackson Weave, I think for me, I mean, he was the breakout star of the playoffs for the Edmonton Oil Kings. It wasn't just the Memorial Cup. I thought all throughout the, the first four rounds of the WHL playoffs, he was he was dialed in. He was a game changer. You know, a guy that, you know, is of his size and his skating ability. You know, that, that's hard to find these days. And for, for Jackson Weave, he's, he's also shown that he's got the ability to finish in and around the net now. So, um, you, you put that all together, and all of a sudden, Jackson Weep, sort of a, a 19-year-old on this Oil Kings team that um, not a lot of people knew a lot about. Now, all of a sudden, coming out of the Memorial Cup in St. John, uh, a lot of people are, are looking at him. And, and as we finish up here, uh, so how, how much will this team change? Because, like I said, there's going to be a number that won't be here next year. <laughs> well, you, you look at the three 20-year-olds, Carter Sutch, Josh Williams, Simon Kubitschek, you know that they're going to be gone uh, from the team this year. And then... Um, you know, Justin Sordiff, Caden Gooley, Jake Neighbors, maybe Sebastian Kosa, those 19-year-olds that are signed to NHL contracts. You, you really can't count mm-hmm. on them coming back. Dylan Gunther very much could make the Arizona Coyotes at just 19 years old. So uh, for the Edmonton Oil Kings, they're, they're going to go through a, a bit of a, a change for sure going into next year. But I will say this for anyone trying to, to write off the Edmonton Oil Kings. They carried four 16-year-olds on their roster this year. That's something not a lot of teams in the CHL did. Uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings did with Carter Koala, Cole Miller, uh, Dawson Seitz, and John Sabo. And those guys all just just was were able to soak in this unbelievable experience this sort of once in a lifetime experience and and learning how to win so you know the culture of the edmonton oil kings uh, it's still going to be there come next year uh the names are going to be different the the talent level might be a bit different and the way they play might be a bit different but uh this team will very much still have the the heart of a champion come next year and uh, i think it's still an exciting group uh, that lays ahead for the 2022-23 season yeah, great stuff, Andrew. Again, we appreciate your help through all the season, uh, throughout the season, the times you come on this show, the the guests you have provided us. Uh, it's a fun team to cover. It's a fun team to have on the show. Uh, you know, Reed and I love it, and uh, we look forward to next season and uh, doing it all over again, buddy. Thank you so much. Hey, Dave, again, way looking forward to it. That is Andrew Peard, the voice of the Edmonton Oil Kings on EdmontonOilKings.com. Yeah, the Memorial Cup uh, semifinal is in overtime. Hamilton Bulldogs.
three. She won against Cataracts three with the right to face the St. John Sea Dogs, the host team, in the final tomorrow. Hey, Hockey Hall of Fame 2022 induction class announced today. What a class. Henrik and Daniel Sedin, Roberto Luongo in their first year of eligibility. Ottawa Senators star Daniel Alfredson, Finnish hockey, Finnish women's hockey legend Rika Salonen and builder Herb Carnegie, also part of the 2022 class. Uh, Sedin's uh, tremendous, tremendous players uh, in the National Hockey League, Luongo as well, and uh, just a great, great class. So uh, that's uh, that's going to be really, really cool. So uh, the Edmonton Elks, oh, they're 0-3. Not good. Although we are seeing some good things, but we're not seeing wins yet. The Elks this week are coming up uh, with Morley Scott. After the news at 7.30, we'll preview the show coming up. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight and tomorrow. And uh, we're supposed to have Jake Neighbors on the show tonight. Uh, he had some uh, issues with his phone, so that's why Andrew appeared, uh, appeared on the CertainTeed hotline. CertainTeed, pro-choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Uh, still going to endeavor to get Jake Neighbors on the phone uh, later on this week, either with me tomorrow or with uh, Brendan Escott on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, by the way, 6.30, Chad, official sponsor of the Edmonton River Hawks Canada Day game. Cheer on the Edmonton River Hawks as they take on the Nanaimo Night Owls at REMAX Field. First pitch at 7.05 after the game. The Riverhawks are welcoming fans onto the field after the game to have fun with the Brass Tastics, a Mardi Gras-style brass band before the fireworks at 11 o'clock. Tickets are on sale now at gohawks.ca, but we have a four-pack of tickets to give away right now to caller number four at 780-496-0063. Well, uh, Morley Scott, the host of the Elks this week, has had Ryan King as a Analyst Blake Dermott as his color analyst the last two games as I have been in pro- COVID protocol. Morley will have me beside him again on Canada Day in the booth at Tim Hortons Field on the seventh floor at the 10-yard line. I digress. Uh, Morley, you, you the I'm excited to be back. To come, you picked the worst booth possible to come back to, Dave. Well, you know, I mean, it's been a challenging couple of weeks. Why not add a little more challenge? But it's going to be nice go. to have the familiarity back, my friend. Yeah, it'll be good to have you back for sure. You're the only guy in the broadcast who takes two guys to replace you when you can't come in. We had, as you mentioned, we had uh, Ryan King and then Blake Dermott. So uh, it'll be good to have you back uh, Friday for the uh, the battle of the uh, winless in uh, in Hamilton. Uh, one team's getting their first win of the year, so we'll find out who it is. The Elks and Ticats, of course, both uh, at 0 and 3 and having disappointing starts to their season. So uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out. And, you know, Chris Jones uh, is frustrated with being 0-3 like the rest of the team is. And look at what happened today. Uh, six players out, two players in. So uh, he's he's trying to find the right mix yeah. on, the, on his way to a win here. He doesn't hesitate to make changes, does he? And I guess that's both good and bad. It's going to take a while for everybody to to get you know that gel together as a team and everything. But but he feels he's got to get the right guys in the right place. So he's going to have to put up with the pain of moving guys in and out until he gets those guys in. We were talking to him on uh, Friday before the game uh, in Calgary, and, and that's what he talked about. He said, hopefully, as you know, we were talking about the changes to the roster and how high they have been. A lot of it's due because of injuries. Some of it's the coaches' decisions. But he said the goal is to 
get fewer and fewer changes over the week so that we can get to a point where we like the players we have and we like where they're playing and they can go out and play and be successful. So it's it's a real learning process. He's he's literally building a team right now. Um, mm-hmm. He's brought in so many new players and he's mixing and matching and, and moving them around a little bit and uh, trying to find the right combination of guys uh, to play with who and to play with each other and to play in certain at certain positions so yeah it's uh it's very interesting uh, it's a very interesting and challenging time I'm sure for him going through that right now yeah no question about it uh, what can we look forward to on the Elks this week uh, just after 7:30 tonight well well we'll look back a little bit on the uh, 30 to 23 loss to the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday night to, in Calgary a much better performance a much better effort a much uh, closer game I mean you, you know look they've t- they've taken steps each and every game this year after the blowout in Vancouver they're getting a little bit closer to their opponents in, in the two uh, games that followed that so uh, looking forward to, to seeing where that takes them moving forward so we'll talk a little bit about that uh, we're also going to talk with Kai Loxley, uh, who is, I don't know, is he a backup quarterback or is he a starting receiver? I'm not sure. I'm going to <laughs> ask him if he feels like, I'll ask him if he feels like a receiver or if he feels like a quarterback playing receiver, because that's what he is right now. He's he's third on the depth chart uh, at quarterback, but he's also starting at receiver uh, in the game last Saturday in Calgary. So uh, he's he's had an interesting first year in the Canadian Football League. So we'll talk to him about that. And, and if we have time, uh, we're going to talk, to uh, Nick Arbuckle, an interview I did with him last week about changing positions and about how many guys have moved to positions and, and how it can help them and, and how it helps certain players in certain situations. And we'll get his take on that if we have time. If not, we'll get to that at a later time. But that's kind of the, uh, the kind of what we got on the plate for uh, this evening's The Elks this week. Excellent. Good stuff. And I will see you at practice tomorrow. I look forward to it, Dave. I look forward to it. It's been a while. I look forward to seeing you. I can't wait. I can't wait. May not take the stairs, though. Uh, still a little winded from this. So anyway, but uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. All right. See you, Dave. <laughs> All right. That's Morley Scott, the host of the Elks this week. And you'll hear that show in about, uh, oh, let's say about nine, ten minutes from now. Uh, we have a winner in the semifinal of the Memorial Cup, and it is the Hamilton Bulldogs winning 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Jan Misek scored uh, in overtime, his first of the tournament, so they're off to take on the St. John Sea Dogs in the final tomorrow of the Memorial Cup. And congrats to Kelly. You win the four-pack of tickets to see the Edmonton Riverhawks take on the Nanaimo Knight. Owls at Remax Field on Canada Day first pitch 705. The Toronto Blue Jays in complete control. End of the sixth inning. They're up 7-0 over the Boston Red Sox. Uh, reference the Edmonton Elks. Yeah, they made uh, six transactions today. Uh, well, they, they sent six players out, including a trade of Colin Kelly to the Hamilton Tiger Cats for a draft pick in uh, 2023. And five players out, two players coming off the practice roster in an injured list. So Morley will tell you about that a little bit later on. But uh, we hope to hear from Kelly Rudy perhaps tomorrow and wrap up his season with us here on 630 Chet Inside Sports and lots of other things uh, hopefully in the works as well. You'll find out at 6.05 tomorrow because I'll be the host of this fine program inside sports with uh, Reed Wilkins who is on vacation this week and well deserved Elks this week with Morley Scott coming up for studio producer Kellen Kennedy I'm Dave Campbell have a great evening Elks this week up next with Morley Scott Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.